So, Mike, did you enjoy your Cortexmas? A little too much, I think. That's the problem with Cortexmas, is it's the time when we take a break from work and relax for a while. And sometimes it's a little bit hard to get back into the swing of things. <laughs> I've been trying very hard the past couple of days just to get back into working again post-holiday season. And I have just failed repeatedly, but... This recording of Cortex was on the schedule. You wouldn't let me move it. And so it's like, oh, I can no longer be in denial that the holidays are still going on. Like, oh, it's January 4th. That's still sort of Christmas New Year time, right? Nope, not anymore. Now we're recording. Now work for the rest of the year is starting again. You tried to drop this in in a message conversation we had. We are probably recording a show tomorrow. You knew full well that we were. It was just your last ditch attempt to get out of it. It's like, I'll just give it one more go. Yeah, I thought maybe maybe you'd want to push it back, you know, another week or so. I received a early Christmas gift mm-hmm. in the form of an iPad Pro coloring book app. Oh, finally, your wish has come true, Mike. It's so glorious as well. It's called Pigment. Mm-hmm. And it's just superb. Is it everything that you hoped it would be? About 90% of what I would like it to be. It's missing a couple of things. Like, it doesn't have, like, an eraser. Mm-hmm. So if you color something accidentally, you have to, like, go in and select the white color and color it out again. Real coloring books don't have erasers. If you're a little kid and you're coloring with crayons, there's no crayon eraser. But it also has an undo function. So, I mean, you, yeah, you've got to embrace the technology. Mm-hmm. I also have, like, one pencil and an unlimited amount of colors. Mm. But I wanted you to see my work. There's one of the links in our in our document. Oh, yeah? Is is a, a selection of my favorite work. I mean, again, Mike, every time I see this coloring book stuff, I want to be impressed. Like, I was about to say, oh, wow, that looks really great. But then I remember, of course, you haven't drawn any of this. No, but I choose the colors. It. Yeah. All right. I choose the colors. I make it look the way I want. And I think I like the lion one. That's my favorite one. There's two lions here. Oh, no, it's no, a bear. See, I thought that was a lion until I finished it and was like, oh, it's a bear. That's why it's that color. I thought it was a lion. Right. <laughs> I feel like the teacher in me wants, wants, to, uh, wants to write on that bear. Great effort! Exclamation <laughs> mark. <laughs> oh, I bet you are so condescending with your marking. <laughs> No, you can't be condescending when it's physics. Physics is either right or it's wrong. Then it's mostly wrong. So you never got to say great effort to someone then? No, because effort doesn't count at all in, in math and physics. It's like your effort is irrelevant. If this was really easy and you got it right, it's worth just as much as you greatly struggling and getting it right. Talking about struggling. Yeah? Are you back on the internet? So I'm going to take a guess and say that you are in some ways, because I, I noted... That you were tweeting from Tweetbot, which means that you've, at least on some devices, you have it installed again. I feel like you stalk me, Mike, because you're looking closely enough to see well, what, what device have I tweeted from. Like, it's a little disconcerting when you're like, oh, I know that you tweeted from Tweetbot. I'll tell you how I noticed this, right? So you tweeted uh, a picture of your devices, right? The, the home screens. Yeah, it was the Christmas decorating for iOS devices. Yeah, and so I went onto it and I saw that it said Twitter web client. Like, so I mm-hmm. looked at it because I was going to grab the link to to talk about it at some point, and it said Twitter web client. And then I started looking around then, and then saw that there was things coming from Tweetbot, because it it didn't come from Buffer, which meant that you were accessing it from somewhere. 
Mm. This is all show prep, Gray. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. not stalking. It's show prep. It's not stalking. It's show prep. <laughs> yeah, so the uh, the end of the year has come and... You know, I did the dialing down for November, and then I, I said that I was going to extend it for a while, and I am I am now slowly opening up the gates again to these parts of the internet that I have left behind, and in my own attempt at preparing for this show, I was trying to think about what are the lessons that I have learned from these two months of quasi self-imposed internet isolation can i take a quick guess and say you've learned nothing (laughs) yeah well i was gonna say (laughs) i like what i want to do what i want to do is to come down from high on the mount like with ipad pro in each hand yes chiseled on an (laughs) ipad pro that tells people here's how you should live your internet lives and in the end i i just have this very ambivalent feeling about a lot of it and particularly about twitter like i'm gonna say right at the beginning i am very glad that i did this for two months i think this was definitely something worthwhile to do but it's very hard for me now to know where am i going forward from this it's like twitter is a good example because it's at the intersection of a couple of things and Like, I realize the value that I get out of Twitter is being ambiently aware of what people in my life who I'm interested in are doing. And I've been really aware over the past couple months that a bunch of the people that I follow who I don't instant message with on a regular basis, but who I'm friendly with, like, I have no idea what they're doing because I'm not on Twitter and I'm not just seeing what they're up to. And so then I have far fewer reasons to just interact with someone how do you feel about that the way i feel about that is it is a kind of disconnection that i wouldn't say that it isn't good but the presence of it is good like i i like a certain amount of ambient awareness of what people are up to because in no small part i am the world's worst person at keeping up with people like i am terrible about sending emails and iMessages to people like I'm just very bad at staying in touch this is just something I know about myself uh I've known I've known about myself for a very long time because I remember I remember when I was graduating from high school and and going on to college everybody was always talking about how like oh we'll keep in touch we'll keep in touch and I would say things like oh yeah we'll keep in touch but inside I was thinking I know I won't keep in touch right like we'll never talk ever again (laughs) that's what's gonna happen here chit chat (laughs) is not one of your strong suits yeah that's exactly right chit chat a certain kind of social grooming is not is not my area of strength And so that's where I feel like Twitter is an interesting tool for me in that it provides a certain amount of value. And I even just, I went through Twitter again uh, as I was kind of preparing to come back online. And as you have done, I culled down the number of people I was following once again. So now I'm under 100 now for uh, how many people I'm I'm following. So this is the part of Twitter that I, I want. But then I'm also really aware of one of the things that's been great over the past couple months is not having just like this source of constant distraction 
just even available because going on, it's just like, okay, this is just simply not an option. Like it's not installed on any of my devices. I've set all my computers so it won't open. Like this thing just won't be there. And so I, I, I like not having the distraction. The other thing is that if I have Twitter open, the, the source of just at messages from random people that I don't know is a source of distraction. And so I've been feeling like, okay, as I'm trying to figure out how to get back onto the internet with something like Twitter, I almost wish there was a way on Twitter that I could only see at messages from people that I follow. Do you know how you get that? Well, the web version does it, right? Well, if you're verified. What are you talking about? There's on the regular web version, there's, there's a tab that says like activity from people I follow or something like that. Yeah, there is a, if you're verified, then like there are specific tools that you get that other people don't get, which are like that. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. I wonder if anybody who listens to Cortex happens to work at Twitter. (laughs) Get in touch. I would like that as well, just to have the tick. I don't need the tool. (laughs) I Listen, if you work at Twitter, I'll take the reverse of Mike. You don't have to give me the verified tick. I don't care at all about that. I just want the tool. I just want to be able to see only at mentions from people that I actually follow. So that's one of the things that like spending this time away from Twitter has distilled in my mind what it is that I actually want from Twitter, which is a subset of what Twitter wants to actually offer me. So I like, I don't really know. We, we may have an actionable point forward from here from that, but I'm just, ne- I need to say this because otherwise all the feedback will get lists will not help. Lists never help <laughs> with anything. Uh, it's just when I went through my Twitter experiment, uh, everybody told me that what I wanted was lists, and what I don't want is lists. How do I how do I make the lists work? Well, I mean, you could. Uh, there, I'm sure there's something you could do with lists, <laughs> because people always find things to do with lists. I've never used a single Twitter list. I don't even really know what it does. <laughs> just don't. It's not going to help you. So what about having a, a another account? Have you considered that? Like a private account? No, I don't. That, that's just too much trouble. That's just right. way too much trouble. That's just, the last thing I want is to double the Twitter when I'm trying to think about how, how do I want less Twitter. So what you want is an a, a account of a small amount of people that you follow so you don't see too much and you get the kind of the ambient what's going on in people's lives so you feel connected to them. And also for you to just see the mentions from the those people as well yeah like i'm like i just opened up uh i just opened up tweetbot right now on my computer and you know it says like there's a little message there that's like oh there are 200 plus tweets since the last time you looked right but i like the thing is what i really just want to know is are there any are there any at mentions from people who i follow like that is the the valuable subset of this to me And like, there are definitely times when I would want to see all the at mentions, but I would like the default to be just at mentions from people that I actually follow. But yeah, I guess on the Twitter webpage, right, you can just go to the people you follow, as you said, and and you can get it sort of broken down that way. Is that what you want then? Yeah, the one that you have on the Twitter website now, I want to be able to have that in a Twitter client. That that's precisely what I want. Hey, Gray, I have some instant follow up for you. In the settings of the official Twitter app, under the notifications tab, you can filter it to only people you follow. Okay, but that's that's notifications. That's not the timeline, though. Well, it says notifications tab. Really? Yeah. Look at this. We're doing some real stuff here. Yeah, look at us. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna install it right now, and we're going to see if this works. But just a couple a couple other just quick things. Um, well, Twitter is the one that I've been thinking about the most because it's the one that I've had like kind of ambiently in my life. I've also now just been like slowly going back on on Reddit and Hacker News and slowly going back to podcasts and things. I'm just just trying to figure out precisely what I was saying months ago, which is what is the place for these things in my life? And it's it's interesting because I think like in some ways, one of the clearest lessons is that podcasts were definitely this thing that I was listening to way, way too much. And when, uh, like when January 1st rolled over, I was like, okay, let me put podcasts back on my phone and let me, let me try doing this. And I realized immediately like, no way, man, I think podcasts have to stay off your phone forever. Like there can be other circumstances in which you listen to podcasts. Like I've been trying just playing podcasts like over the speaker at my house while I'm like cleaning up or doing the dishes or like putting stuff away kind of thing. But like, I'm not sure that I can actually just that I really want to have podcasts available all the time, wherever I am. Like, I think it's just too much of a distraction and too much of a like, oh, I really like listening to podcasts. So I always want to listen to podcasts. So it's just it just makes me think again of that. Um, that little image that somebody mocked up from a previous show where it's like, where they quoted me as saying, like, I don't watch YouTube videos and I don't listen to podcasts. CGP Grey, professional YouTuber and podcaster. Mm-hmm. I think that it's like that's definitely the case because, again, two months in, I'm really aware that not also following all the educational videos and all the educational podcasts like that is definitely also a big improvement. So I think those are those are changes that are going to stay like I don't think I'm going to get back into following like what are all the other videos that everybody's putting out like I think I'm just leaving that behind and all of the various educational podcast shows that I listen to like all of those I'm not going to resubscribe to and even the podcast that I do listen to like I I still need to limit those so it's it's just been an interesting interesting experience overall that I'm very glad that I have done I would highly recommend anybody else if they feel the same way that I was about being kind of distracted or overwhelmed this is a thing to try. Maybe not for as long as I've done it, but, you know, definitely try it. Because I, f- I feel like I have some inarticulate sense of a way that things should be different. But, like, it is really hard to talk about because, like, for, like for example, I was on Hacker News the other day, which is a Reddit-like site, which Hacker News people do not want you to say. What are you laughing at? I, I know you only say it because it annoys people. <laughs> no, I don't know any other faster way to describe Hacker News for people who don't know what Hacker News is. But it's it's a Reddit-like site in some ways. But there happened to be this, uh, the guy, one of the guys who kind of runs Y Combinator, which runs Hacker News, is a guy Paul, called uh, Paul Graham, who I've been following for years, who's had this very, very interesting career. Uh, and he writes these essays every once in a while, which are very interesting to read. And there was just a huge, big brouhaha uh, on Hacker News over two essays that he wrote recently, which were about income inequality. And there were just huge discussions about these articles of people arguing, like, is he right? Is he wrong? Did he totally miss the point? Has he has he gotten to the core of something really interesting? And this is exactly the kind of thing that I just didn't have any exposure to over the past couple of months, not going on these kind of sites. And this to me was just a perfect example of like, man, I just love this kind of stuff. There's something about 
certain kinds of people arguing on the internet in long comment threads that I just love. Like, I just love that. And that's a thing that I don't want to eliminate from my life. Like, I just, I really get into that kind of thing. Like, I love seeing people arguing over a topic. And I just don't know now how much of that I'm going to necessarily let back in because even just opening, opening up the doors again to going back on Reddit and hacker news, it's like, boy, it's very easy to just kind of spend an afternoon clicking around and looking at everything way past the point when you're really feeling like, Oh, this is a great comment thread. And you're still just like looking for more stuff. So, so I just don't know. I just don't know, Mike, but for the time being, I am back on the internet to some extent. Today's episode of Cortex is brought to you kindly by Audible.com. Audible includes more than 180,000 audio programs from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, writers, and more. And Audible is offering a 30-day trial membership to listeners of this very show. Just go to audible.com slash Cortex to take a look at their fantastic catalog of audio programs, and you can also grab their app if you want to listen on the go. I have been listening to audiobooks for many, many years. I was looking today at my library of Audible books so I could find one to pick. My very first Audible book was Flight of the Concords. They did a radio production before the TV show, and that was in 2007 that I got that one out. So very happy with Audible.com over the years. And there's a book that I wanted to recommend today called Rework. Now, Rework is written by Jason Fried and David Hanemeyer Hansen of 37 Signals. And this is all about the things that they have learned having run a successful business and kind of started it up from nowhere and built a great thing around them. And so basically, it is a very straightforward book. It has a lot of great little sections. It's all broken down really easily. It's nice and clear. And it just goes through all of the things that they have learned having run their business. And it's a really great book for people that want to have their own small business, people that want to get out of their day jobs, people that find themselves stuck, and they're looking for inspiration and guidance. This is exactly what this book is about. And this is exactly what I think people listening to this show would like to see. It's a really great book. I think that you'd really like it. And you can get it over audible.com slash cortex, where you can sign up for your 30-day free trial, but you'll be able to choose from any of the 180,000 audio programs that Audible offer, but I would recommend Rework as a great starting place. Thank you so much to Audible.com for their support of this show and Relay FM. So it's January. January. And January is the time for New Year's resolutions. Oh boy! So this was something, like, when I initially thought about talking to you about this like i i've had the idea of new year's resolutions in my big topic list for a while Mm -hmm. because i thought it would be something interesting to talk about with you and the whole time that i've been thinking about it i cannot work out in my brain what i think you're gonna say as to whether you set new year's resolutions because the idea of a tradition like this seems like something you would not get involved with because you tend not to get involved in traditions like this right like everyone does this thing which kind of means it's completely arbitrary but then the more i think about it it's like goals and objectives which is something that you love um (laughs) so i can't work out if you set new year's resolutions or if you use january as a time for goal and objective setting well you got to put some money on the table mike make a bet what do you think All right. In the traditional sense of a New Year's resolution, 
I would say that you do not do that. You are correct. Yes. I don't. <laughs> In the way that I think most people mean it when they say New Year's resolutions, I do not do New Year's resolutions. Do you? No. <laughs> Now, why don't you do it? I think you might be quite right in your assessment about why I don't do New Year's resolutions. But are those your reasons as well? It's just a pointless, like it's pointless to be like, oh, it's January. I, I set those goals. I do set goals for myself. I have used January as a time to set goals for myself, mm -hmm. but not as like, hey, this is my New Year's resolution. I mean, like many people, when the new year begins, I'm like, it's like a time for reflection. I was like, okay, let me think. Okay, this is something I want to try and do, that kind of thing. And I've I've used it as a way to discuss goals and objectives on other shows before, like we're doing now. Right. And then as part of that, set goals. But I never treat them as like New Year's resolutions. Right. It's like the same thing. It's like I'm now, uh, I am now on a low-carb diet, Gray. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> you sound about as happy about it. As I do when I, when I go all in on it at first. I'm f***ing hungry <laughs> all the time. <laughs> That's the problem. But uh, I, you know, uh. <laughs> Adina is setting meals for me because otherwise I just won't do it. Like, and as I said to her, a great motivation for me is to not, is to just make sure I'm just trying to not piss her off, right? I just feel that as this is a good motivation in my life. And if she sets the meals, I don't want to get, I don't want to not do it because then I'm going to annoy her because she put all the work in. It's right, a great right. motivational tool for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm doing that. And most of the time, like the meals are fine. I just live in a state of constant hunger now. And I'm saying this, it's been like four days, but I've been hungry for four days. <laughs> so I'm a little bit cranky. I think that was what I didn't want to do the show today because now we're like an hour in and I feel like I'm going to pass out, but I haven't got anything to eat for the next few hours because I've already eaten all the things on my meal plan. Anyway, <laughs> so you do have a New Year's resolution. <laughs> I wouldn't even really call it that. It was just like, there's no, we decided we wanted to do this in like late November or whatever. And there is no point trying to set something like that up in December. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. I, I have, I mean, we, we knew we were going to talk about goals today, but I, I have on here uh, just a note about my own weight goals like this is something i've been setting and and talking about on on hello internet but i was as uh as i was in like the middle of december i was creeping close to my goal weight of to be under 200 pounds and it was something like december 15th or something i was thinking boy if i really if i really push it for the rest of the month like i could be under 200 pounds before the start of the new year and realize like yeah, but what fantasy land do you live in where between December 15th and January 1st is going to be the time that you are the most disciplined ever? Like, it's never going to happen. <laughs> and also, there was, I, I, this is probably the wrong way to do it, but then because I knew this was coming, I, I blew it out of the water in December, man. Yeah, you really stocked up. Oh, yeah, the week before Christmas, I had three uh, lunches that included burgers in mm -hmm. three days. <laughs> Nothing wrong with burgers on the on low carb, you know, as long as you're not eating the bread. Well, that's the thing. Well, that's the thing, isn't uh, it? Extra bread. <laughs> Barkeep, I'll have all of the bread. <laughs> oh boy, do I miss bread. I did yeah. have a bagel today, which was which was great, but that's okay, the only yeah, bread I've let's had see. So week. yeah, you've already fallen down here. You haven't actually. That was done part it of the meal days. plan, man. It's part of the meal plan. 
No, there's no, there's no way, there's no way a bagel is keeping you under your your carbohydrate limits. Mm-hmm. I know, no. <laughs> but okay. I don't write the meal plan. Okay, meal plan said I could have one, so I had one. All right, I'm gonna have to talk to Adina then. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get her sorted on you here. I feel like she was trying to ease me into it. <laughs> like I get a bagel this week, <laughs> you know. Next no, week. no, no. You need to give me her. Uh, you need to give me her iMessage. Nina and I need to chat about this. That is never going to happen. <laughs> I, am, I am eating with some meals, rivitas, right? And the other thing is, uh, it just makes me smile. Uh, low carb tortillas, which uh, their description is tastes like wholemeal. What are you, <laughs> low carb tortilla? What are you? Because you're not wholemeal, right? What tastes like wholemeal? I don't want to know. They were kind of okay. <laughs> Kind of okay. What a ringing endorsement. <laughs> Most of the food I'm eating now is kind of okay. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> oh, Mike. <laughs> so have you ever set a New Year's resolution? Yeah, I think the, the answer to that is no. I, I haven't ever really set a formal New Year's resolution. I almost feel like, I don't know. Maybe this is going to sound horrifically uncharitable. But when people tell me like this, when I used to be at school and and people would talk about their New Year's resolutions, I swear I I always felt like anyone who framed their goal in terms of a New Year's resolution, all I could hear in my mind is like, you are planning to fail. Like this, this seems to me the way you're doing it. Like you might as when people said like my New Year's resolution is to lose weight or whatever. I like in my head, I might as well have translated into, I wish to lose weight. Like that, that's what the New Year's resolutions sound like to me. Like people making birthday wishes. I think that's that's the way it seems to be culturally done. I just, I almost, I, I just had a really hard time taking anybody seriously who was telling me about their New Year's resolutions. I feel like there is a small but important difference between New Year's resolution and using January as a time to set a goal. Yeah, I think there is there is a real difference there. There's there's something about the New Year's resolution phrased in that way that that is just like a wish. I I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, the reason that the New Year's resolution probably began is because January is a great time to make a change, but it then over time became this like society thing of like, oh, what's your New Year's resolution? Well, if everyone has one, I guess I'll stop smoking. Right. Um, and then nobody ever does. <laughs> right. Right. Because we're all collectively holding each other's hands right on this yeah. exact same thing. Of, let's all close our eyes and wish to stop smoking at the same time. <laughs> Maybe Santa will bring it. Maybe he will. You are a, a person who strongly believes in goals and objectives, though, right? And not in the um, the corporate goals and objectives thing. You work in a big corporation. Uh, goals and objectives become kind of a farce. At least they did for me. <laughs> oh yeah, how so? Well, it's like your objectives are set at the start of the year, so at the end of the year, they have a reason not to give you a pay rise. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> that is effectively in big corporations why goals and objectives are set for many people. So the go- the goals come down from on high, and they say, "Oh, you need to reach X goals," but we know these goals are never reachable. So then we can say, "Well, we haven't given you a raise." Is that the is that the reason for it? Yeah. Or at least in management positions, they are used very frequently as a reason to not give somebody a raise. Oh, you didn't meet this performance goal. Mm-hmm. It's all about performance management, Gray. That's what goals are all about. Yeah. But there are, there, yeah, I'm sure that you 
don't uh, do this so you don't give yourself a raise. I'm not in the position to just magic money from nowhere to give myself a raise. Isn't that what happens when you put out a video? Isn't that what that is? Like magicking money? <laughs> it's not magic from nowhere, though. <laughs> well, it depends, I guess. But that's the feeling in a corporation, right? Like, oh, there's just this gigantic entity which can dole out money that, from your perspective, seems to come from absolutely nowhere. Well, the fact that, like, the terms bonus pot are used mm-hmm. is funny because it, it makes you imagine, like, at the end of the rainbow. Right. There's a leprechaun distributing everybody's bonuses. Yep. <laughs> Uh, that's that's funny i mean i had a uh, just a tiny taste of that being a teacher where we had uh they always had some awful at the various schools they were called different things but they were always awful and they were like self-improvement targets that you Mm -hmm. had to you know set for yourself at the beginning of the year and hit at the end of the year and (laughs) one of one of my bosses i always loved her because she was really explicit about it she was like okay listen we're just We're just going to set these so that you can't not hit them because you want to be able to say you met all your self-improvement goals and I want to be able to tick all the boxes that said you met them. Because if I don't tick these boxes, the people above me are ticking boxes that say I have ticked all the boxes. So like all we want to do is like tick a bunch of boxes all up the chain. That's (laughs) the inverse of what I was suggesting, like what I'm saying about corporations. But like that person is doing it because it's beneficial to them. Well, like in some scenarios, it might be beneficial to not have people meet all of their goals, but you yeah, to yeah. meet your own. The, well, this, that's what I mean. Like this is, this is funny because it is the reverse. And then, of course, I, when I was in charge of a form of kids, I had this exact same thing then trickled down onto me where I had to have the kids do their little self-improvement sheets over the course of the year. And just as my boss was explicit with me, I always explicitly told those kids, okay, listen, here's the deal. <laughs> like, this is a bunch of nonsense, but we just need to make sure these boxes are ticked at the end of the year. And I forget what it was, but I, I used to have a list of 10 that I just told them to pick from. Of like, look, here's goals. You like, There's no way for me to prove that you haven't done it. You can just tell me that you've done it and then I can tick the box at the end of the year. And they were, they, you know, they were horrible goals. Like, I will attempt to be more organized over the course of the year. And it's like, great. Yeah, little Susie, at the end of the year, you can just tell me you did it and I can tick the box and we can, we can both go on with our lives. Because if we don't do this, then you have to go to like the guidance counselor and I have to be giving an explanation about why all of my students didn't reach all of their goals. Inspiring <laughs> the hearts and minds, Gray. I think that is inspiring in its own way, right? To not lie and to just be like, listen, this is a valuable skill that I'm imparting to you right now. Sometimes work is meaningless and you just need to get it done and nobody cares how well it's actually done. I think that's an invaluable lesson. Don't you? I feel like there's a line that I don't, I, I don't know about. I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't say how I feel about that one. But anyway, we today are not talking about those kind of corporate, academic, totally nonsensical, existing for entirely other reasons goals. We're talking about actual goals that are useful to people. I think that's, that's what we want to talk a little bit about today. Now, I'm going to assume that you do have lots of these types of goals, and a lot of these goals for you are measured in metrics. There's a broader context here, which is... Sort of like the opening of the show, I was having a hard time talking about uh, how I felt about the return of social media in its various forms. I sometimes have a little bit of a hard time talking about goals because 
my my view on this is that the the point of having a goal is not the goal itself but it is to encourage you to be thinking about systems that help you reach that goal i mean maybe that sounds obvious but i i have just run across enough people who sort of set the goal and then they'll maybe attempt one or two things to try to reach it they fail at those things and then like the new year's resolutions the goal just gets kind of swept to the side and not directly looked at again or treat it as like this is impossible yeah or treated like it's impossible and yeah so i i really feel that the the important thing is to think about it in a systems way like the the goal is just there to stimulate your mind to think about how you can change things over the course of time to approach that goal and yes i agree that having numerical goals is extremely useful i mean i think maybe all of my goals can be expressed in numerical format i'm just trying i'm trying to like mentally run through some of the main things that i have on my list and yeah actually they're all they can all be expressed in some numerical form i don't think i have any any goals that are not expressed in 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 that way what type of goals do you have set then and how do you record them like do you have a list of goals somewhere yeah i actually i do i do keep a list so one of the one of the things okay so let's back up a step for a second so i don't do these new year's resolutions you know again i don't wish upon a star that things are better than they were uh because that goes nowhere And I also think that a year is just a ridiculously long time to try to plan for anything. Like, no one can really plan for anything a year in advance. So I do um, reviews basically every quarter. And that is my biggest time frame over which I really think about stuff. And so I do actually have, uh, I use Omni Outliner for this. But I have a, a just a, a list of like the things that I might want to attempt this quarter. Like what are the goals for this quarter? And I like to think in, in three month time frames because it's it's relatively easy to kind of look back over the past three months and think, okay, how did things go? Where did things work? Where did things not work? And look forward three months and think about, okay, how can I possibly change things? You know, what could be better? I think I think that's just a much, much better human time frame uh, to, to think over as opposed to a year. Because really, we don't have that many years. But, there, you know, you get four times as many quarters. Reviewing that more frequently allows you to make more course corrections than, than just trying once a year to change something. So what types of things are there then in, in, in that list? Well, some of the things are private things, but the, like the public thing that I can say is, is like what we mentioned before, like weight. So like I have been, I've been trying really over the past year to get my weight under 200 pounds, which is, I have no idea how many kilograms that is. You want it in kilograms, don't you? I don't know. Kilograms? What, what, you don't know kilograms? I'm not a European. Well, no, okay. I do things in stone and pounds, my friend. Oh. Like a good person from the United Kingdom. Stone has got to be the worst, the worst measurement of weight in the world. Yeah, it's horrific. I don't even know how many pounds are in a stone. It's like twelve. It's fourteen. 14. There you go. 
You just told me that you measure things in pounds and stones, but you only have any idea about pounds and stones. Yeah, because I just do what the what the scale tells me. It tells me like x amount of stone, x amount of pounds. Like that's all I need to know. But there's nothing. I can't find anything that does pound to stone conversions because it's just dumb. Any conversion tool will do pounds to stone. Yeah, but I'm just typing it. I'm just typing it into the browser, and I just wanted Again, to do it if for you me. Use Google. You'd have no problem. <laughs> no, Google won't do that. Yeah, it does. No, it won't. Yes, it will. I, I did it like two days ago. Okay, I'm going to type 200 pounds in stones. Yeah, but I don't I don't want the, I want the stones and the pounds, not uh, whatever. It's 14.2 stones. Yeah, so that's 14 stone, two pounds. No, that's not how the point two works, Mike. Oh, well, just ask it for that then. All right, hang on. That's <laughs> not how All the right. point two works. 200 pounds. We need to take you back to school and do fractions. But no, you need to do t- 0.2 stone in pounds. That's what you need to do. I feel like I'm I am trying your patience here. You are. Yeah, see, 0.2 stone is essentially three pounds. Okay. So that, that's, that's where we're going here. <laughs> so did you get an answer? <laughs> yeah, I already told you the answer. What is it? It's 14, 14 stone, three pounds. Okay. But so anyway, that, like, that is one of the goals that I've had. And I've been working towards this really over the past year and the thing that i view about that goal like is it's not the specifics of it it's just that what this has allowed me to do is that over the last year i keep regularly thinking about like what has gone well with my weight loss what has not gone well with my weight loss like what things have i changed what things seem to be working and slowly over the course of the year by paying attention to what works and what doesn't work. Like I have started to cobble together for myself a system of things that work for me and that if I do them, my weight on average slowly goes down. And, and like to me, that is the important part of this, is the system of things that you do, not just the actual goal itself. But I suppose in most instances, the system doesn't reveal itself until you've already set the goal and start working towards it, right? Like, that's where the system would fall out in most instances. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, it's it's like you're saying your goal is to travel west. It's like, okay, well, you need to start moving west and you will figure out good ways to go and good ways to travel. Yeah, like eventually you'll work out what to do when you're face of a mountain. Right, right. But the, the goal is just the direction that you're setting. But I, I, again, I only say this because I just come across many people who seem to think that the goal is the thing. And I think you really have to think about it in, in terms of systems. Like, wh- what is it on a daily or weekly basis that you are actually doing? And be very open to the idea that many things that you will try may be totally ineffective. And... The important part here is that you're just reviewing that and thinking, was this thing effective? Hmm, it seems to not be. So let me change that and let me try something different. And let me just keep trying a bunch of different things and eventually seeing what works and and what doesn't work. Yeah, maybe one of the things is you eat wholemeal-like tortillas. <laughs> I predict that wholemeal-like tortillas will not be a thing that you will keep in your diet. Oh, I predict that as well. They're fine, but I would like something else. Well, actually, what I want, Gray, is regular tortillas. Right. That's yeah, what I course. want. Yeah, that's what you want right now. But it's not what I get. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by 
Backblaze. Backblaze is the personal and business backup for Mac and PCs. With Backblaze, you'll get unlimited online backup for documents, music, photos, videos, and all of your vitally important user data. I personally think if you don't have online backup running on your computer, you don't have a working computer. Online backup is just an absolutely vital part of your system. And I personally run Backblaze to make sure that everything I do is always backed up in the cloud in case there is some kind of catastrophic disaster at my house. There's a robbery, it burns down, there's an HFS plus error. You never know what's going to destroy a drive at a moment's notice. If you don't have Backblaze on your computer, go to backblaze.com cortex and you will get a two-week free trial to give it a test drive. Now, maybe you're already backing up with Backblaze. Well, they have something new that they want me to talk to you about for IT professionals. It's called Backblaze B2 Cloud Storage. If you're building an app and need cloud storage or want to be able to command your own backup with CLIs and APIs, this is for you. Backblaze B2 Cloud Storage is one-fourth the cost of what you're probably thinking about right now in your head, Amazon S3. Backblaze is way cheaper. It costs just $0.005 per gigabyte. There is an open beta available right now. So if you're looking to build an app that has cloud storage built into it, you want to also go to backblaze.com cortex and check out their B2 cloud storage. So whether you are just a regular computer user who wants to make sure that all your stuff is backed up, or you're building an amazing app with a cloud backend, Backblaze is for you. Once again, thanks to Backblaze for supporting the show. Well, like, okay, so here, here's an example, actually, just to your own particular circumstance about going on a low-carb diet. So there's various different ways that someone can try to do this to reduce the number of carbohydrates that they take in. And when I first tried this... I found that it was obviously very effective, but it was very hard to stick with over any period of time. I was like, man, if I can, if I'm having a bunch of low carb days in a row, like I can see on the scale that my weight goes down. But I was just being honest with myself and saying like, okay, yeah, but I have a hard time doing more than four or five days in a row before I just like, I need a pizza, right? And you just eat the pizza. And so I tinkered around with it and eventually discovered that for me anyway, like one of the one of the little tweaks that really worked was it's not strictly slow carb, but like allowing myself to have cheese as part of this diet. So like little snacks of cheese throughout the day. And like that made all of the difference in the world, just this little change. It's like, okay, this is technically a worse slow carb diet than I should be doing. But this tweak makes enough of a difference to me that it works better over the long run. Like my weight loss might be slower than it would be if things were perfect, but I'm not a perfect human being and I need something that's like easy to snack on that I actually like to snack on. And so like this change makes a difference. So that, that to me is like part of the system. Like I'm changing the diet and the way that I eat things to make the changes over the long term. I like cheese. Yeah, do you like cheese? I do like cheese. Yeah, are you eating cheese? Uh, not as much. Yeah. See, you might you might be where I am in a little while. 
I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I might I might just keel over. <laughs> so far the jury is out. I'm assuming though that not all of your goals are personal goals though. You have business related goals, right? Well yeah, so this is this is the other thing is like I find it very, very helpful to be able to track numerically what it is that I've actually set as goals. So with the weight loss thing, for example, like my scale automatically logs the weight and I have spreadsheets about that. And I like to be able to look at the trends over the long term. Like, I think that's also a very helpful thing is the longer time frame that you can possibly look at something. That to me is just very helpful because it, it changes the focus from like just today to what is the overall trend. And while I do embarrassingly make my weight public on Twitter because my scale tweets automatically when I step on it, uh, I do have a bunch of private spreadsheets that I just keep that are related to business stuff. And so in there is where just about every month I go through and I take a look at some of the numbers for the business that I'm working on. And I have a bunch of numerical goals that I like to keep an eye on and I find it extremely helpful to be able to say, look at a graph that's like the business over the last 24 months and see what are the trend lines? Like, are these lines going up? Are they going down? Which way do I want them to go? What things have I changed that have affected these lines? Like, I almost don't know of any other way to think about and to make progress than this. Like, if if you're not tracking it on a line graph, like, I have a very hard time feeling like are you making any progress really like how do you know if you're making any progress i think everybody should definitely learn at least the basics of how to use excel or how to use numbers to be able to track this kind of stuff yeah that was a task that i went through a month or two ago was just like plotting out a few different metrics that my business generates and just looking at how they operate in conjunction with each other Mm -hmm. and it just helped me think about what 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 do i need to do next yeah, yeah. If you don't have an actual thing to look at, you, you don't realize how fuzzy your thinking is about stuff until you see it in front of you. And, oh, okay, this is exactly what's happening. Like, it is, I mean, the human brain, as we've discussed before, it's just, like, it is a nemesis of yours. It just, it remembers things incorrectly. It tries to distract you. And it is so easy to have a wildly wrong estimate of where you actually are or like how much you've actually made progress on a thing and (laughs) with the weight again going back to that like i have found having it on a graph and being able to look at it incredibly helpful because it it cuts away any of this imagination stuff that the brain does about like oh how's my weight been changing i think it's been going down like has it though like is, is that what the graph says no that's not what the graph says at all like your brain just lying to you to make you feel better and with business stuff, like it's just shockingly helpful to be able to see that. I mean, I think I mentioned before that uh, when I was trying to make it full time on YouTube, I had a goal which was to get to 200,000 subscribers by a particular day. And I figured that that like that was the number that I needed to be able to quit. And like the way I knew that is because I had a bunch of spreadsheets that were giving me information about, okay, how much revenue is the YouTube business generating? Like what is the rate of growth here? And 
if I can get to this number by this day, I can be reasonably confident that this thing has reached the point where it's going to take off. And like having that spreadsheet was extraordinarily helpful. Like the goal of 200,000 wasn't the important thing, but that spreadsheet and keeping track of it was extremely important because it kept bringing my mind back to this idea of, okay, how can we get more subscribers? Or and I had little calculations on there, like how many days are left? How many subscribers short am I? So like on average, how many subscribers per day do I need to pick up? And like focusing on that is the really helpful thing. Like that is extraordinarily helpful. One of my big goals, and it, it was a goal that I set, which is a pretty simple goal for me, is just knowing how much money the business needs to generate on a monthly basis for to keep everyone in a good kind of setting. Like mm. That's an important goal that I try and meet which is a good one for me, which is informed by a lot of that kind of planning stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny, but, but it is a goal, right? It's like, that's an amount of money I have to get every month, and I now know the system in place which helps me try and get that. And there are things that are outside of my control, but then when things are outside of my control, I then learn how to control them differently for next time. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like You have to plan for stuff not always going right. <laughs> that's that's part of it and i think that's where where people often fail on the goals it's like oh the first time they fail they're just like ah oh okay well you know put it to the side like but no no no, you don't understand you can build a system to be prepared for certain kinds of failures like that's that's a that's a super important part of this like this is all this is all part of the system (laughs) it's just trying to figure out how to put in buffers for example so that if like something goes wrong then you have a little bit of a backup to to fall back on but uh, yeah, if you have um, like, I'm going to guess that for you, just simply knowing that you have a certain number in terms of advertising revenue that you need to hit every month, like that probably focuses your mind more when you are in selling advertising mode. Like you, you know what the minimum bar is that you need to hit. Yeah, it also adds pressure in its own way, mm-hmm. but the pressure is there for a reason. Yeah, the pressure is there to make you actually do something which is useful yeah especially when you're on a low-carb diet (laughs) right when you just want to lay on the couch and do nothing at all (laughs) that's what you want to do right now yeah it really is it really is (laughs) this this chair that i'm sitting in is not optimal for my current state yeah it's too optimally comfortable is that no it's in the inverse i want to be in a relaxing chair Mm -hmm. and i'm in an uncomfortable chair <laughs> oh, poor Mike. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like your system's working very well right now. No, not right now. I gotta talk to Adina. Please don't. I'm going, I'm going to. I'm gonna find out our contact information. So, to me, I think if any if anybody is in the mind frame right now of setting goals, which they may very well be, because it's January, New Year's resolution time. Yeah. Yeah wishing time to me that like the most the most fundamental thing is just continually revisiting whatever it is you're trying to do and like this is how a person changes their life is by setting up a continuous self-evaluation loop and it's not strictly speaking goals, but when I think back to like a real changing point in my life was 
when I started doing like getting things done and I came across a system which talked about like how to organize things, it wasn't even so much the getting things done system. I always think the thing that mattered the most, like the absolute life changing thing was that after reading the getting things done book, I had a notebook in my pocket always that I wrote things down in and I routinely went back and looked through the things that I wrote down. And like that little tiny loop of, I don't even want to call it self-accountability, but just like a self-reflection loop of like looking at the things you wrote down last week and kind of forcing in your mind much more clearly the notion of like, oh, there's a past me and there's a current me who's reading this thing that past me wrote. And there's a future me who will read the things that current me is now writing. I think setting up this this like temporal responsibility is how you can bootstrap your life into a better situation. And so like if you if you're trying to set some goals, the important thing is whatever you're going to do, make sure that you are revisiting them on a regular basis. Like this is the absolute key because if you force yourself to keep revisiting them, if you're not getting closer to your goals, it forces you to think about why. Like, what is it that has happened over the past week or two weeks that has not caused motion in the direction that you want? Like, that is really the key thing, is this self-evaluation loop. Keep revisiting it. Keep thinking about it consciously. Because if you don't, it just goes away. And I think that's why the New Year's resolutions go away, is because people think about them on January 1st, and then they just don't really think about them ever again. Like, that's that's why they just disappear over time like that to me is is the real core and that that is like the fundamental system of all systems is the very notion of just revisiting what it is that you do and thinking about it like like that is the thing that changed my life having a little notebook and going back to it on a regular basis it hardly even mattered what i wrote down in the beginning a bunch of nonsense probably but like that's where it starts gray the time has come to return to Ask Cortex. It has been a long time. Yeah, we had maybe, what was it, three shows where we were so busy talking about iPad Bros that we didn't have any time to talk about. We had so much stuff to talk about. There were so many yeah. iPad stories to tell. <laughs> I have many more, but I'm holding away. I have to say, I, I, I am filled with more iPad Pro stories, but I'm feeling like I am consciously refraining. Yeah. <laughs> because... I could I could talk about it for forever and I will but we're trying to we're trying to pull back today we thought we would revisit Ask Cortex so worry not ye android user <laughs> right <laughs> this was on the on our reddit on our subreddit from first time caller which I love as the is the name for the question. Uh, I have a boring monkey office job and I want to leave. I started doing some freelance work on the side in the morning with some success. Do you think I can leave my job? I earn about £47,000 in my work and I'm freelancing at about 1800 a month. Should I make the jump? So my feeling on this would be that they should. Mm-hmm. Because 1800 a month freelancing when you're also working a full-time job, that's pretty good going. Like... You're pulling in some serious money at that point. Like, this isn't just like a hobby. Mm. And I think that if you can pull in 1800 a month when you're still working a full-time job, if you were able to devote yourself to that 
freelancing work, if that's what you want to do, that freelance work, Mm. then I think that you should do it because that was the mindset that I was in. I was pulling in, you know, from from Relay a good amount of money. Like it was probably like two thirds of my wage or something before Mm. I made the jump because I felt like if I can just in my evening hours and in my spare time pull this amount of money and imagine how much I could do if I was able to put all of my money into it. And also some of your expenditure will probably go down if you stop traveling to an office every day. Mm-hmm. You know, all those sort of things, when you start adding them up, it can really help. Um, and so for me, I would say that if you are in this situation, if you're earning like good money at your freelance thing, at the thing that you want to do, I think that you should probably give it give it a go. So of course, there's, there's not a huge amount of detail here. So we have to do some speculation. Yep. And so like just just running the numbers, so they're pulling in about twenty one twenty two thousand pounds a year, so we can say we can say they're earning let's just i mean just rounding it off, we can say they're earning about half as much from their freelancing as they're earning from their actual work, right, which is pretty good i guess like here's here i i might be I might be slightly more risk averse than you are because there's two things that I would want to know to feel really confident about answering this question. The first is I would want to know if the person has any kind of buffer fund. So I think when I left my teaching job, I had, I think it was maybe like three months worth of expenses in the bank. Like it just as like total emergency kind of everything turns to crap immediately in a way that I didn't expect money. Maybe it was closer to four months. I don't remember exactly. But so I think just just for sheer sanity, I would I would want before making a leap like this to have some emergency backup money. Do you know I had none? Yeah, see, that's terrifying to me. That's absolutely Because I'd terrifying. spent all my life savings basically starting the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, well, I quit on a whim right mm-hmm. the the actual decision to quit was on a whim it was the plan but it wasn't going to be when it was right and i kind of just dis- made the decision in like a flash and mm-hmm. it did it uh and it worked out fine but i would agree that yeah you but, should... but, but so keep that in mind first yeah. time caller listening to mike's advice yeah in an ideal world i maybe wouldn't have done it the way that i did it was just the way that i ended up doing it yeah so, so that's one thing I would I would want to know. This the second thing is for for people I know who have gone full time like self employedness. One of the really key features is like okay, so this person says they're they're doing freelance work on the side in the morning. So I, I presume that before work they're doing I, I don't know whatever it is they do they don't specify. They're like you in the spider dungeon. In the spider dungeon? Yeah, that was basically the way you described it to me the first time on the show. You saying you're in the place with spiders. (laughs) I think the word dungeon threw me off there. It's a basement (laughs) I would have remembered. (laughs) That was a harsh word, but you can imagine my mental image of you doing your work. I really do imagine you genuinely just on a stool in like a dungeon looking room with your laptop on your on your legs that's how i imagine you used to do your work in the mornings <laughs> i'll have to send you a picture of it sometime yeah uh, <laughs> i i did my i did the writing work in the evening but i did my a, a different attempt at becoming full time self employed that didn't pan out was i did do a different kind of freelance work before work started but that's a, that's another story but so 
I guess what I'm trying to work with is I think a key piece of information that I've, I've heard from other people as well is the question of demand for whatever it is you're doing freelancing on the side. So I think like, okay, maybe if we put aside emergency fund money for a moment, a really interesting question is, are you running out of spare time to do your side project because there is enough demand for it? Again, I, I think that is a really interesting point to reach when you realize like you are not able to fill the demand with the number of hours that you actually have. And so if, if for this person and for anybody else who works themselves into that same situation, I think that like that is a good indication that maybe you can leave your job is when people are demanding more of your time than you actually have available. So because this person is currently earning about half of what their full-time job is, if they're in a situation where they have hours available to fill with client work but no clients to actually fill it like then that wouldn't be a good indication that this is a this is a great time to jump ship so i am much more cautious here i don't know but if this person has an emergency fund and also has clients or whatever they're doing like wanting more of their time than is available then i would say yes those are both really good indications that you should make the jump and leave your boring monkey office job, which it sounds like you love. And again, look, of all the caveats, because I don't know any of the information, it's the worst that could happen. You just have to go and get another job if it doesn't work out. You are clearly an employable person. You're earning good salary. You have the skills to do a freelancing job. You could get another job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 47,000 pounds, that's already pretty well above the median income in the UK. Uh so they are an employable person. Today's episode is also brought to you by Squarespace. You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code Cortex at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. We've been talking about a couple of things today. We've been talking about doing things in New Year, right? New Year's resolutions. We've been talking about people going out and doing stuff on their own. They've got their own businesses. Whenever you need to do things like this, you're probably going to need a website and that's where Squarespace can help you. There is nowhere better than Squarespace to give you all of the flexibility and all of the tools and options that you're going to need to put something fantastic on to the interwebs. Squarespace has fantastic templates. They're all beautifully designed and you have the control and flexibility to customize them as you wish with their drag and drop page building tools. All of their templates feature responsive design so they look great on all sizes of device. And Squarespace have all of the tools and all of the stuff that you're going to need to build that great looking website regardless of your skill level. You don't need to have any coding experience. You don't need to have ever built a website before. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology to power your site and they also ensure security and stability. Squarespace have 24-7 support with live chat and email. They have their commerce platform to allow you to add a store to your Squarespace site. They have their cover page functionality to build great looking single page websites or kind of intro pages to your site. They have rock solid fast hosting. They have the dev platform so you can go in and tinker with the code if you know what you're doing. It is really amazing. All of the stuff that Squarespace give you it is the full package you can sign up for a year and you'll get a free domain name and squarespace plans start at just eight dollars a month you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required and start booting your own website today by going to squarespace.com and when you decide to sign up make sure that you use the offer code cortex this will get you 10 percent off your first purchase and show your support for this show thank you to squarespace for sponsoring today and for supporting real afm squarespace
Beauty Beautiful. This is a question that I have seen go by many times. People were like obsessed with this after we did the bag episode, like what goes in your bag episode. Mm-hmm. Like, what mm-hmm. bags do you actually use, and what do you consider when choosing one? This comes from Chris. Um, I just got a new bag. Where is it? Oh, a new bag! Wow. Yeah, well, my old one was falling apart. Let me grab it. Ah. Whilst Gray talks about his new bag, I'll tell you about my current bag. My bag is by a company called Topo Designs. And it's called the Topo Mountain Briefcase. And I love my mountain briefcase because it can be carried in three different ways. It has backpack straps. It has a shoulder strap and handles. I like that a lot. And it's just about the right size for me to put even my MacBook and my iPad in the sleeve. And then I can fit a bunch of other stuff in it. And I like it a lot more than I liked any backpack I had. So I a big thumbs up for me on that one. The Topo Mountain Briefcase. Topo. Topo. Topo Mountain Briefcase. Uh, the thing you said there was a total deal breaker for me is I refuse to use anything that is a shoulder strap. I think that's like a messenger bag kind of thing. Yeah, I think you you didn't hear it. It has backpack straps. It has a shoulder strap and handles. Yeah, no, no I heard that. I heard that. I heard all so those So what's things. the problem? You just don't use the so- shoulder strap. Okay, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just it's saying. It's a deal breaker. Just don't use it. I don't use it. I have it unclipped. No, even if it's an option, I don't I don't want it. No, it's no That's good. That's weird. All right, so if I took your current bag and attached a shoulder strap to it while you weren't looking. Yeah, worthless. Worthless now. <laughs> okay, good to know. One of the things I really like about this bag is it's, it's like a canvas, um, but it has a leather bottom. Oh, So gross. like if you set it down, it doesn't like, soaking liquid why is that gross leather's just gross in a bag it smells after a while it's on the outside it's not on the inside it's not leather on the inside okay but it still smells after a while everything smells after a while not plastic does if you burn it anyway (laughs) yeah if you set your bag on fire and it's plastic (laughs) then it smells really bad of course you'd have something leather that seems that seems appropriate is it handcrafted yeah oh god is it really Probably. It's made in Colorado, so... Uh-huh. Yeah, this looks like your kind of bag. Mm-hmm. Looks like exactly what I would expect you to have. Mine is uh, is maroon and blue. Of course it is. I can hear your bag over there. I'm trying to... What I'm trying to find... Uh, I'm trying to be helpful here, Mike. I was trying to find a uh, like a model number or something on it, but I can't, I can't actually find it. From the rustling, it sounds like it's brand new. Uh, no, it's like a month, it's like a month old. Um, sounds like you're taking paper out of it or something like the crunched up paper. No, it's just, it's just made out of space age materials. It's not made out of the, the hide of a dead animal like your bag. Canvas, mainly. (laughs) (laughs) The, the, the canvas animals that roam the fields. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody knows about those. Um, so what I'm currently using as my most often bag is... It is uh, from Asics, and it's just, it's a bag that is designed for runners, which is not even remotely how I'm using it, of course. <laughs> but what I was, look, what I'm looking for in a bag whenever I get something is I'm trying to find the bag that is the smallest, lightest thing that can just hold. Uh, whatever device I am currently using. So over the years, whenever I got a bag, I would say um, in years gone by, I'd be taking around my Apple laptop and I'd like, I'd, I'd want to find a laptop bag 
that it could like a backpack that it could just fit into. And so now I was looking for something that my iPad Pro can just fit into. And this back backpack that's designed for runners is exactly what I'm looking for. Like the iPad, it just fits in widthwise. And there's a little outer pocket that I can just have the the bare minimum of things in there. But I really, I really want out of a backpack something that is as light and as small as possible. Like that is always what I'm looking for. For as much as my bag was me, this bag is you. <laughs> what makes you say that, Mike? It's just very utilitarian. Yeah, it's glorious. And even in this photo, it looks way bigger than it actually is. Like, it is quite small in real life. It's the nice way of me saying that it's ugly. It's, you're yeah, not ugly. That's not I, what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, I know that's what you think you're saying. You go, oh, you, you think you're, oh, it's so ugly. It doesn't have leather stitching on the bottom. Yeah. But we just have, we have great disagreement here. I think there is much beauty to be found in utility. Do you have the blue one with the pink highlight? No, they don't have my color on here. I have a black one with neon green highlights. Wow, I wouldn't have expected that. <laughs> yeah, I felt like going crazy. Wow, that is kind of crazy for you. <laughs> All right, neon green. Yeah, it's good. It's great. I like it. Runners, backpacks. That's what you, like, mm. I find for a lot of gear, it's helpful sometimes to look at uh, sporting stores or places that are making stuff that is intended to be used much more intensely than you're ever going to use it. <laughs> it's like runners want the lightest of all possible backpacks. And so that's why I thought like, oh, let me go into stores and see. Like, let me find one of those tiny backpacks that runners use. That's, that's what you that's what you want to do. Uh, next up, we have from Toaster312. What is your policy on workflow buffers? Like having one or two items that you keep unreleased in case you have an emergency pop up. I reckon that we both would love the idea of this, but neither of us have anything. Because I certainly don't. And enough that I know about you would suggest that you don't either. Wouldn't it be great? My New Year's resolution is to have a workflow buffer. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. I just don't have anything. This is a thing that I constantly think about. I, I would just love to be able to do this. But I have learned over time that this is just not possible. <laughs> we were talking before about, you know, trying to plan for things and, and like knowing that there's going to be problems and having buffers in, in, in place. Like, yes, but this is one case where I just know that the work required to make this happen is is never going to happen. Like, it would just be just an amazing fantasy land if I was ever able to create a video ahead of time. And more importantly... If I ever did, through some kind of magic, have a video uh, ready in advance, I would just end up being ridiculously paranoid that someone else was going to release a video on the same topic while I was just sitting on one. I thought you didn't worry about that anymore. Yeah, like, in theory, I don't worry about that, but it's very different if, if I'd like, oh, I was just sitting on a thing waiting. Yeah, and that would feel kind of wasted. Yeah, it, that would be just the worst. This is why my vastly more modest goal, which I still fail at all the time, is to not be finishing animations on the day I release the video. Like, if I could just get to that stage, that would be amazing. But it's just almost every single time, it's like, as soon as I'm at, I finish that last bit of animation, it's like, great, got to put it up right now, <laughs> this moment. So I do not think that I will ever have a workflow buffer for the YouTube channel. That's just, 
it's just not going to happen. Not ever. You know, it's, it's uh, it's not going to happen. You even wanted like a workflow buffer for Cortex, for Cortexmas, which comes twice a year, by the way, Mike. And I wouldn't even allow that one workflow buffer episode. It's like, no, it's not going to happen. Cortexmas comes once a year. Cortexmas comes twice a year. I just once. haven't told you yet. <laughs> You're going to have to tell me at some point. <laughs> twice a year, Mike. Uh, do we have any other questions? We do. Vera would like to know if you use a VPN when connecting through public Wi-Fi hotspots. Uh, I do. I do. I, I didn't used to. Uh, a VPN for listeners who might be unaware. It's it's a was it virtual private network. Is that yeah. is that what it stands for? Yeah. But it is a way if you are in a public location to filter your internet traffic through uh, like a secure tunnel so that someone else on like the cafe's Wi-Fi can't get access to your data or anything. I always used to think like, oh, I should use a VPN, but I never did because it was kind of a pain in the butt to set it up. But I recently discovered uh, Cloak for iOS, which I highly recommend because of one feature that totally sold me, which is its ability to automatically turn on and turn off the VPN. So you can tell it, oh, I trust my home network and I trust the connection built into my cell phone and every other internet connection is totally untrustworthy and it just automatically turns on. And that to me, that as dumb as it sounds like, oh, I can't be bothered to turn on my VPN to potentially save all of my private data because it's three taps. But I just, I hate doing stuff manually. And so Cloak does it automatically and I love it for that. So that's what I use on, I installed it on everything that I have. Uh, as soon as I found out about that feature. Same. Yeah, you use Cloak? Yeah, I use Cloak. I love Cloak. Spencer would like to know what we keep in our pockets. I have a regimented pocket system. <laughs> what goes in which pocket? Yeah, that's the only way to live. I assume so. In my right pocket goes my iPhone. In my left pocket are my keys and my earpods. Mm-hmm. And then in my back right pocket is my wallet. Uh, okay. So this this has been a, a long struggle for me, but I'm I've finally come to a steady state over the past six months, which is that uh, I use wallet in front right pocket. I used to be a back pocket wallet person, but it is clearly the superior solution to have your wallet in your front pocket. Why? <laughs> Once you make the switch, you don't go back. I switch when I am in places I don't know. I mean, first of all, when you're sitting down, you have the George Costanza problem that you're sitting on your wallet, so you're never no, really I sitting down. No, I just changed to a slim card wallet. It's never slim enough. It's still I have always four uneven. cards. That's it's it. Not slim enough. There's nothing. You don't even know it's there. Nope, it's uneven. You're right. Ruining your spine, Mike. Ruining it. What do you keep in your back pockets then? Nothing. Nothing <laughs> goes in the back pockets. Like keys. <laughs> the <Yeah>. book. <laughs> no, the back pockets are for nothing. I see some people put phones in their back pocket, which makes Ridiculous. me nervous to even just yep. see. I don't know why you do that. Yeah. Every time I see someone do that, I think, I, I, how can you live like that? But so, uh, yeah, wallet in front right pocket, uh, iPhone in front left pocket. And then the thing that I've recently switched to, which I really like, is this little, um, it's not a key chain. It, it basically, it's, it's called key smart. It's this little thing that turns your keys into um, into like a Swiss Army knife is what it looks like. They, they fold together into this little package. And 
I then can use that 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 useless little coin pocket in your jeans on the right hand side. I can put my keys in that previously useless pocket, and so now everything is nice and isolated from everything else. There there's not two items in any pocket. Everything is in its own little pocket. So that's that's mm. the way I roll. Do you use your iPhone left-handed? Yeah, yeah, I use my iPhone left-handed. Are you left-handed? No. Hmm. You answered that very defensively, by the way. It's okay to be left-handed. Well, just because I know where this is going, because everybody seems to freak out when they discover this. I know other people who do this, but... Well, I'm left-handed and use my iPhone on my right hand. Okay, yeah, so you do the same thing then. Yeah, I'm, I don't think it's weird that you do it. I just wanted to know if you were left-handed. No, I'm, right, I'm right-handed. All right. As humans are supposed to be, apparently. And well, then why am I left-handed? <laughs> because you are some kind of freak. That's why. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Shahar would like to know what headphones do we use, and wonder how much of an audio file you are. You are as well. Do you, Do you care about really great sounding audio, like more than you maybe should? No, no, okay. I'm not an audio file. All right. Well, what headphones do you use then? I don't obsess over things that aren't real. Like, no. <laughs> The super audio files, they're just playing in an imagination land. That's what they're doing. I use two headphones, depending on the circumstances. I use the uh, the Bose Quiet Comfort noise-canceling headphones most of the time. That's what I'm wearing right now. Uh, if I go out to work anywhere in public, I often like to take those because they're just great at canceling sounds. And they are vital for any kind of travel where there are going to be other people particularly children like on airplanes or crying babies or something they you just you can't live without them um so those are like my heavy lifting headphones and then uh when i go to the gym or if i'm uh moving around a lot and i i do want to be listening to something i have the uh the jaybird bluetooth headphones which are pricey but they are totally worth it mainly because most bluetooth headphones are garbage with terrible battery life and terrible connection problems and terrible sound and the jaybirds are the only ones that i have tried that are actually worth the amount of money that you pay for them i have a whole selection of different headphones Mm -hmm. Um, i have some bose headphones that i don't know the name of they are not noise canceling Mm -hmm. Um, and i use these on planes and stuff i can't use noise canceling because it makes me feel nauseous yeah it if you turn on the noise canceling i think there's just some people who are built this way if you put headphones on and turn on the noise canceling it freaks some people out and i i feel a little weird if i have them on my head and there's nothing playing but i'm i'm fine once there's music or something coming through the headphones or like i do sometimes on an airplane i will play airplane engine noise through the headphones that i'm listening to <laughs> no why? What? <laughs> you could play any type of white noise. Any white noise. Yeah, but it's like a double drown out the screaming child effect. Like, But why not like rain? Nah, it's not as good. There's something about the airplane noise, which is really good at, at masking other sounds. What? Only you would do that. Airplane noise on an airplane with noise cancelling headphones. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. You need some music, any kind of music. Well, yeah, sometimes I'll listen to music, but I'm just saying, like, if I'm trying to sleep or something, I'll put on airplane noise while I'm on the airplane with my noise-canceling headphones. It's great. 
everyone should try it um but anyways, I, I was bringing that up only because I was saying, like, I can sympathize with people who just can't use the noise canceling. I can feel like, ooh, if I was more sensitive to this, these headphones simply wouldn't be an option. So if anyone out there is thinking about noise canceling headphones, you might want to try them in a store first to see if you have a, a bad reaction to them. So, yeah, these Bose ones, they're, they're like fine. Just any any like Bose headphones that don't have noise canceling will be effectively the same scenario. They're over the ear. They're fine. Um I have just got some uh, Sennheiser Bluetooth headphones, uh, Sennheiser MM400X. Mm-hmm. They're not great sounding. The only reason I have these is they have buttons on the side that aren't touch buttons. They are physical buttons, and they have like little ridges on them so you can control playback whilst walking around without looking at anything. Mm-hmm. That's why I got those. And my recording headphones, uh, recently I bought the Bayer Dynamic DT770 Pro headphones. <laughs> this was because I went to Marco's house uh-huh. and I put these on my head and I listened to some music that I know and heard things in the music I hadn't heard before. So I went with these headphones. They sound great. Do you hear things in my voice that you haven't heard before with those headphones on? Of course. Mm-hmm. I hear the little man inside your brain that controls everything. Right. It's pulling all the levers. The homunculus. Gavin would like to know, are we Twitter completionists? A Twitter completionist is somebody who reads every tweet. I used to be more than I am now. Now I'm, if I'm many, many hundreds of tweets behind, I'm okay with skipping them. Uh, This was one of the things that came out of my time away from Twitter. Mm. But now... I'm I'm okay with it. I do like to read the majority of stuff because I follow these people for a reason because I mm-hmm. want to read what they have to say, but I don't go crazy about it now like I mm-hmm. used to. I'm going to assume that you're not. No, I've not and I've never been. And it's in no small part because I've always felt that, you know, we're talking about Twitter again, but one of the benefits of Twitter is its currentness. The, the, Twitter feels like what is happening right now so even from the very very beginning times when i first signed up for twitter i don't know a couple years ago i never felt any compulsion to read things that were in the past like it's it just twitter to me feels like a very current present thing and so i've always found the notion of people who are twitter completionists to be just just a little weird like but that's not what the tool is right i mean of course the tool is whatever people want it to be but that just seems so anti my conception of what twitter is for so i i have i am not and have never been a twitter completionist autumn would like to know do we ever make the mistake of staying up far too late or sleeping in on a regular day (laughs) i stay up far too late every day i was gonna say you sleep in every day don't you i don't sleep in every day i go to bed at 2 a.m i woke up at half nine today see that seems pretty early we were having an instant message conversation the other day and i realized it was like 8 30 in the morning or something and i asked oh god what are you doing up so early mike because i know that's early for you sometimes i'm awake at that time but it is a, it's early if you go to bed at two in the morning mm-hmm. but don't you go to bed at two in the morning because you're recording shows then what's the latest you're recording a show I only now, I've, I've made some changes. I record one show every two weeks at midnight. Starting at midnight? Starting at midnight. Oh, God, what show is that? That's Analog. Oh. And then the rest of them now, I'm usually done by like 8 p.m. Ooh, that's a rough, that's a rough time slot. 
the midnight time slot. Yeah. Yeah, working the late shift. Yeah, it is it is a it is tricky. Hence why now it's every two weeks. <laughs> so yeah, you just stay up late all the time then. Just you stay up to two in the morning because that's just your the way you are. Yeah, that's just the way I am. <laughs> you can't change that. Can't change it. Can't fight it. So you have to be self employed so that you can stay up until two in the morning. Yep. <laughs> it's an absolute requirement. So, I mean, the question, of course, do you ever make the mistake? The answer is, of course, right? Humans humans make the mistake of doing this. Just recently, as my own holiday was coming to a close, I made the mistake of like, oh, I'll just keep playing Factorio for a little while longer. A little, oh, just a little while longer, just a little while longer. And then you realize like, oh, it's actually three in the morning. Like, what have I done? <laughs> this is just... This is a terrible decision that I didn't even know I was making. I was just like, oh, I'm having a good time. And then suddenly like, oh, I'm so sleepy. Why? It's like, oh, I'm way up. I'm up way, way too late. That's why. So, yes, of course, occasionally make that mistake. And when it's been holiday time, I am way more likely to make that mistake because I feel like, oh, there's no there's no constraints or anything. And then it is. It is that very mistake that I find compounds for me in a bad way. Like, I definitely know that I am a person who benefits from routine. And no matter how much I might think, ooh, breaking the routine is fun sometimes, there is always a price to pay for it later. And so I have been struggling to get back into the working routine precisely because of staying up late or waking up too late in the morning. But now that we have recorded this episode of Cortex, the working routine is back in place.